three preachers went on a fishing trip. They had a long, unsuccessful day, and in order to kill time, they decided to do something spiritual. One of them suggested, a confession is good for us. So why don't we confess our secret sins to one another? After all, we are preachers, we never get to bear our soul. So the first preacher said, well, this is really awkward. I don't know how to say this. Every now and then, I buy a lottery ticket. I just can't resist the prospect of winning a jackpot someday. There was silence for a few seconds. Uh, the second preacher said, well, I'm embarrassed to admit this. Uh, this is my secret sin that no one knows about. I'm guilty of cheating on my taxes. Once again, there was a pause. And both the preachers looked to the third one, expecting him to speak, and he remained quiet. They waited and waited and finally told him, hey, this is your turn. Come on, don't be shy. Confess your secret sin. It's good for your soul. The third preacher says with the excitement in his voice, guys, my secret sin is gossip, and I just can't wait to get off this boat. <laughs> 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 from the conversations that take place at the workplace water coolers to washrooms ladies washrooms to be precise I'm just kidding <laughs> from coffee shops to bible studies gossip is one sin that is so widely prevalent Technology has made it possible for us to gossip long distance and with several people at one go. We can gossip on the phone, we can gossip on Facebook and other social media platforms. Word spreads quickly, it is incredible. But in the church world, gossip puts on a spiritual camouflage. Do you know what we call them? We call them prayer requests. How spiritual. We should be praying for Joe. Oh, what happened to Joe? But Joe and his wife came to church in separate cars. She just didn't look happy at all. And Joe was unusually quiet. I think they're having a hard time in their marriage. Well, that explains it. I saw Joe's wife talking to the pastor for a long time after the service. Clearly, something is wrong. And after this goes on for about 10 minutes, there is a 30-second prayer for Joe and his wife. Now, I may have exaggerated it. I hope it is an exaggeration. But things like these are not uncommon in our Christian circles, isn't it? And what is worse is it happens and we don't even recognize it because we have been totally desensitized. Now, let me give you a definition of gossip, and then we will dive right into what the Bible has to say about the subject. The reason we need a definition is because there's a lot of confusion around what is gossip. I tell you the lines are a little bit blurry here on what exactly fits under this category. Matthew Mitchell, in his book, Resisting Gossip, gives a great definition. The sin of gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. It is gossip when we speak bad about someone who is not 
present to defend themselves. The motive behind this is to bring the person down. It is very clear, closely linked to slander. The intent behind is to demean or ruin the reputation of somebody. And behind gossip is always a bad heart. You know, there's nothing wrong in sharing genuine prayer requests about others in need, and I'm not discouraging us from doing it. But we have to watch our motives that it is done for the right reasons. Now, let us look at a Bible text this evening that will help us to not only resist gossip, but change the way we communicate with one another. Now, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You know, the one part of our body that needs to be always kept in rain is our tongue. Perhaps we sin with our tongue more than any other body part. Well, the Bible is very clear here. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. It covers all the sins we commit with our mouth, including gossip. Now, the word used there for unwholesome literally means putrid or decomposed. It was used to refer to rotten fish or rotten fruits. You know, the Apostle Paul has uh, given a great theological foundation in the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians. And as he always does in the latter part of his letters, he comes to the practical aspects of the Christian faith. What we believe must impact how we live our lives and especially our conversations. And Paul's exhortation to us is, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So what that means is you are in charge. You are the gatekeeper of your mouth. You have a, a responsibility on your hand. And if you're not careful, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are, you can fall into this trap of gossip. The problem with gossip is, even though it smells like rotten fish, unfortunately, it is delicious. It is irresistible. In fact, the book of Proverbs tells us in chapter 18, verse 8, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. So gossip is being compared here to our craving for food. Gossip is like a juicy steak. If you're a vegetarian, it is like a soft tofu. <laughs> you know, have you ever kept a bag of potato chips on the kitchen counter? And it's just an experiment to see how long it will last there. But junk food tastes so good, in the same way, gossip is like choice morsels. It leaves us craving for more. As the bearer of gossip, when you share privileged information about people with others, you feel like you're eating an apple pie with maple-flavored ice cream. That's how good it feels like. See, gossip is our attempt to impress others that we are in the know. 
And as we put people down, we make ourselves look better. And there is a flaw in human nature that almost assures you that gossip will be listened to because it feels good to be given access to people's secrets. The human brain is hardwired to tune into gossip. When someone says, have you heard about so-and-so? And all of a sudden our ears perk up when we want to hear more. You know, that is the reason why those crappy magazines at the grocery store checkout sell so fast. The details of who's pregnant, who's having an affair, who brought the latest uh, trillion dollar house, the juicier the news, the better the sales. You know, I read that uh, the revenue for the celebrity gossip industry is over $3 billion a year. You know, we're spending $3 billion on trash while there are kids around the world who are dying because of lack of food and basic medicine. And the same curious nature within us can go hunt for information that defames our colleagues, classmates, friends, church folks, on and on. And gossip may look attractive on the outside, but it has a destructive effect. As the proverb tells us, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. The word used there for inmost parts literally means to the chambers of the belly. So what it means is we assimilate the gossip that we hear. We digest it to the point that the gossip that you heard about somebody is now in your system and it affects how how you view them. Going forward, you see them through the lens of this negative information that you received about them, and your view of that person is skewed. The character of that person is once and for all assassinated. Now, let me clarify something. Some of us think that if an information is true, then it is not gossip. We think it is gossip only if it is spreading false information. But that is not right. A gossip does not have to be false information about someone. The facts could be entirely true. But if you share those facts with others who don't need to know about this person with the intention of defaming their character, then you are guilty of being a gossip. And the truth is, gossip is painful. Ask anyone who has been hurt by it. I'm sure most of us have experienced it. When your reputation gets dragged through the mud, especially by people whom you trust, it causes a separation that is irreparable. Gossip destroys friendships. It can destroy a marriage. It can damage families. It can cause chaos in the workplace. It can even split a church. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. It is heartbreaking to find out that someone gave away your secret, took advantage of your vulnerability, 
that what you shared confidently, confidentially has now been revealed to others who have no business knowing about this. It is a betrayal of trust. It stings. You know, I shudder to think about how many people have left churches over gossip. And it pains me to think about how many people have actually even left the faith because they were at the receiving end of gossip. Gossip can cause colossal damage. Now, I want to point something significant here. That is the heart of biblical ethics. The Bible doesn't just say gossip is bad, so don't do it. It says something more which brings us back to our text in Ephesians. Let me read verse 29 again. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You know, the Bible doesn't say don't gossip, it's bad, period. You know, biblical ethics is not a set of do's and don'ts. There is a lot more. The Apostle Paul is not just admonishing us to sanitize our communication, to remove the rotten talk, but he's asking for a lot more. You know, to help us to understand what Paul is demanding from all Christians, let me show you another example from Paul in the previous verse here in Ephesians, verse 28, where he writes, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. You know, the thief is asked not only to stop stealing, but go another step. This is the higher ethics. Instead of stealing, work with your hands so that you can give generously to meet the needs of others. So a former thief who meets Jesus is now a philanthropist who meets the needs of others. And that is exactly what Paul is saying about gossip as well. Not just refrain from rotten speech, but instead speak words that will bless others. That is the power of the gospel. You know, we once were defined by our sinful nature, held in bondage, enslaved by our chains, but not anymore. When we encounter Jesus Christ personally, something wonderful, radical, life-changing happens. The chains fall off, and we are set free. And not only does Jesus remove our sins, but he gives us a new heart and a new desire. The Spirit of God himself indwells within us so we can live a righteous life. You receive a new identity. You are a new person with new aspirations. Young people, listen to me here. That is God's dream for you. Not just to follow the do's and don'ts of religion, Not just to stay away from sin, that is negative motivation. But the positive motivation for you is God wants you to be like Jesus and live in such a way that you will be able to leave an indelible impact upon this world. So the one guilty of stealing encounters Jesus is now a model for generosity. 
In the same way, the one who was once a gossip is now known for their uplifting speech. That is biblical transformation. That is the power of Christ in you. That is the kind of testimony that glorifies God. As Pastor Tim Keller says, God sees us as we are, loves us as we are, accepts us as we are, but by his grace, he does not leave us as we are. A transformation happens in our life, and one of the first places we see its evidence is in our conversations. So overcoming gossip is not just about what not to do, but what we should be doing in the strength of Christ. I want you to recognize this. Your words have incredible power. If you picture your words as construction material, your words can build people up or it can tear people down. And gossip is one way of shredding people into pieces. But in complete contrast are those who are filled with God's Spirit, who allow God to speak through them words of edification that will build others up. So don't use your words to demolish the work God is doing in somebody's life. Rather, let your words be the tool God uses to edify another person. Paul also tells us here in our text that when we speak behind our brother or sister in Christ, we are guilty of grieving the Holy Spirit. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The reason we should abstain from gossip is not just because gossip is bad, but because it grieves the Holy Spirit. When we speak behind someone's back, the Spirit of God is hurt. You know, whatever sin you are struggling with, know this, the motivation to break free from that sin is not God is mad at you, so you better stop sinning. But the motivation is your sin causes God to grieve. It hurts his feelings because he wants the best for you. You don't want to grieve somebody who loves you so much. God is deeply saddened when gossip circulates in our churches and community groups because gossip breaks the unity of the body of Christ. And that should be the primary reason to not entertain gossip. Yeah, go ahead. Now, the question I want to address in closing is this. Gossip is irresistible. Is there a way we can overcome it? You, know, you may not be a habitual gossiper, but all of us, all of us are guilty of hearing gossip and doing nothing about it. That is my own weakness. You know, let's not forget this. By being a listener, you also become part of the gossip chain. And we need to actively resist gossip. 
And we don't have to do it in a condescending manner like we are better off than others, but we can do it with gentleness, love, and grace. Let me close with this story. Pastor Gordon McDonald shares this uh, story from his life. Once he was on an international speaking tour with a close personal friend of his who was a number of years older than him. And when they both went for an evening walk, the name of a common friend came up, and Gordon McDonald said something unkind about that person. It was sarcastic, it was cynical, it was a put down. And his older friend stopped and turned to him and faced him until his face was right in front of his. And with deep, slow words, he said this, Gordon, a man who says he loves God would not say such a thing about his friend. And in writing about this incident in an article, Gordon MacDonald remarks, he could have put a knife into my ribs and the pain would not have been any less. He did what a prophet does, but you know something? Ever since there have been 10,000 times when I've been tempted to say something unkind about a brother or sister, and I still hear my friend's voice say, Gordon, a man who says he loves God would not speak in such a way about a friend. We resist gossip when we lovingly help people see its destructive power. And as I was preparing this message, I felt convicted by the Lord for the ways I have clearly fallen short in this area and I had to ask God for his forgiveness. I know that some of you are feeling the same right now. And you need to ask God for forgiveness because that is the right thing to do. God may even prompt you to apologize to someone you may have hurt by your words. You know, this is a time for you to respond. Let us aspire in God's strength to be people who not just refrain from gossiping, but let us be known as people who are filled with God's Spirit, who speak words of edification that will bless and uplift those who are around us. I'm going to invite the prayer teams here to just come forward and line up here in the front of the altar. I know there are some of you sitting here, you have been personally hurt by a gossip. You still carry wounds. And I want to encourage you to release and give it over to God. If you feel comfortable, you can come forward and the prayer team will be happy to minister to you. There are others here who are carrying other burdens that you need, maybe a touch of healing from God. Maybe you need God's direction for your life. Come forward and meet with the prayer team and they will pray with you and encourage you. The worship team is going to lead us in further singing. We're going to witness baptism. So there's a lot in this service ahead. But this is a time for you to respond. Respond to the specific word that God has given to us this evening and allow His Spirit to bring freedom and joy in this place.